You're listening to Summit Podcasts, where you'll find sermon audio, weekly discussions of the message, the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and much, much more. Subscribe today at summitpodcast.church and share this episode with your friends. Summit Church, every life made different. Well, good morning, Summit. It is good to be with you this morning. I heard yays. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's like half-hearted at best. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Christina Butterworth, and I am one of the pastors here at Summit, and it is a joy to be with you on this post-Thanksgiving day. Are you in a turkey hangover still? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, well, I hope you recover. I hope you get a little extra time to rest. Men, good success with all your hunting. All right. We covered our bases. <laughs> if you are a first-time guest with us today, I just want to tell you thank you so much for being here. We are so grateful to have you. If you would, go ahead and grab the Connect card in the seat in front of you. Uh, fill it out, and after this service, you can take it back to our info center. We would love to get to connect with you, uh, find out a little bit about you, not in a crazy, weird way. Um, just connect and then be able to give you a gift. So please make sure you do that right after the service. And for those of you joining us online, I just wanted to say thank you so much for making Summit a part of your day. It is an honor and a privilege to get to worship with you today. And I really am excited for what God has for us today in his word. Guys, it's November. Thanksgiving is officially behind us. Christmas lays ahead. (laughs) Um, But about this time of year, I always start thinking about January. I'm just like in January mode a little bit. Does anybody else go there? Okay, good. Thank you. Last night, one person who was my friend raised their hand. I was like, cool, way to be in the moment, everybody else. Um, But this is the time of year I start thinking about January. Um, And one of the reasons is because typically in January, our church takes the first 21 days and we do a fast together. And so it's a time that we fast and we seek God and we set some other things aside. And truthfully, I don't love like setting aside some of my favorite things to eat for 21 days to be like, I just want to spend time with God and I don't even care about those things. That is false. I do care about them. Um, But here's the thing. When we do this, when we take time to set those things aside and to focus on God, he is so faithful to meet with us. And that's what I get excited about. And so we want to find out as a church, like, God, what are you speaking for me personally? And what are you speaking to us corporately? And last year, 2022, We started out the year with a fast, and as we do, um, and we got about halfway into it, and it's about to get weird, and just know I'm acknowledging in this moment it's as weird for me as it is going to be for you. Okay. We're about halfway into the fast, and um, my back started breaking out like crazy. Um, And it wasn't like little breakouts. It was like the really big, nasty, painful ones. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) We all there together? Great. It's weird, I agree. Um, But it was awful. And one morning I was getting ready and I was like, Lord, what is going on? This is nasty and awful and it hurts. What's happening? And I felt like he answered me just right then. And he said, yeah, you've got impurities in your body and I'm bringing them to the surface. And this is what I'm doing in you spiritually too. And like, I got the weight of that in that moment. Like, this is serious. And so I said, okay, God, do what you want. Have your way. And so we finished the fast. And I'm telling you, January 22nd, 2022, victory. I felt so good. I felt awesome, in fact. I was like, we will win at life. Dominating 2022. 
I don't know what that actually means. It, I just felt it in my soul. And so part of it, I think, is because um, some of my friends and I, also at the beginning of the year, will each individually just ask God, hey, do you have a word for me for this year? Like, is there something you want me to focus on or a word for me for this year? And the word that God had spoken to my heart was grace. Talk about a winning word. Grace. Like, dominated 2022 already. I won! Grace. But here's the thing. God also um, typically will give me a verse to kind of anchor it so I don't get too crazy, as I'm currently doing. So here was the verse that goes with grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul wrote this, and, and he, he wrote this, the context of it is, um, Paul had what he wrote as a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what that is. There's speculation, but the truth is we don't know. But a thorn just sounds painful. And three times he cried out to God and said, God, please take this from me. God, please will you remove it? God, please take it away. And God's answer to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul's response to God then was, okay, then I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yeah. And I read this, and, and when I looked it up, grace here, when God says, my grace, my grace is sufficient, my grace is enough, that word grace means merciful kindness. God says, my merciful kindness, it's enough for you. And so I read it, and Christina interpreted it as, Total domination. Yeah, his grace is enough. Watch out, 2022, I'm winning. And here's the thing that I love about God is that he doesn't leave you or me in these like little half-baked perceptions of like reality. Because I left off the whole rest of it that my power is made perfect in weakness, that my boasting is in my weakness so that his power can rest on me. And so my God is so faithful that he doesn't leave me there in something that's so incomplete and wrong. He's the God who draws near and says, okay, let me help you with this. Let me show you what I mean. And so today I want to talk to you about God's merciful kindness. So 2022, January 22nd, total domination. It may have been January 23rd that the downward started very drastically. I am uncertain. Um, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, 2022 is actually one of the most deeply painful years for me personally. Pretty much my classification for 2022 was it was incredibly heavy. It was really, really hard. And it hurt a lot. And the worst part was, I was trying to get a grip on it, trying to figure it out, trying to handle it so we could fix it, people. And I couldn't. So instead, I felt like I was drowning. And so I'm going through the year, and the year of domination turned into, oh, God, help. 
And I don't know about you, but when I'm in it, I'm like in it, and I can't see anything else, right? God was in it with me, but honestly, all I could see was the hard and the hurt and the heavy, and it was awful. And if it's where you are, friend, I just wanna tell you, don't push away from God, but press into him. Draw close. Invest yourself in godly community. It's not a two-step fix-it-all plan. Magic pill, we're better now. But it gives God the space to work deeply in you to bring healing and cleansing and freedom that you and I need. So we're in 2022. This is all I can see. And I had the privilege of being part of one of our World Reach mission trips, which, pause for a second. Guys, if you have not gotten to go on a World Reach mission trip, ask God. And don't just like, well, God, should I go? No, cool, okay. Ask God, like for real, and do what he says. Because here's the deal. God is so crazy cool that he will take us sometimes out of our comfort zone, out of where we feel the most comfortable and secure, and he will take us somewhere else to do a deep and mighty work in us. But here's the amazing part. He also works through us, and we get to see him work in other people's lives. And it has nothing to do with us. But he's so good, he can do both. So ask God. And here's the other thing. Go check out the World Reach table by the map after the service. Find out what's there, what's available, ask questions. A lot of people have gone on trips. I will answer some if you want. Pastor Steph will. Anyone else who's gone on a trip, I just volunteered you. Great. Um, unpause. Okay, so I got to go on a World Reach trip. We got to go to Zambia. Um, in my expectations, I know that you're gonna be so shocked that this could be me, but I was like so high of expectations. Um, <laughs> I was so pumped, I was so ready for this. And so we go to Africa and this really weird thing happened. I got there and the heavy and the hard and the hurt were there with me too. And that I didn't plan on. I mean like it was like, whoop, left that all in America, peace buddy, this is my moment. But instead it was with me and that just like dashed all my plans. And it went nothing like I expected, and that dashed everything else that was left. And so now, on top of the heavy and the hard and the hurt that I'm just aching in, I was buried under disappointment. And so my barely treading water to stay above, I was just like down in it. And here's the thing, though. God's still so faithful. He did crazy, amazing things on that trip. But for me, I was buried. And so by the time we get back to the base after ministering in this village, I was desperate for time with God by myself. Just side note, on a mission trip, there's just a lot of together time. I mean, that might surprise you, but it's real. Um, there's not a whole lot of like, I'm gonna go have my moment. That's, that's not real. Um, so we get back to the base and it was like time that we could have to process or go check some things out. And so I took my Bible and my journal, I found a quiet space and I was desperate. God help, show me something. I need something because I'm not making it. And he took me to James chapter three. Now here's the thing, James. I don't actually know him personally. Um, I like him. 
He's a straight shooter and he's a gut puncher. He doesn't sugarcoat it. We need that in our lives. I need that in my life. James chapter 3 starts out and he's talking about how we speak and what comes out of our mouths. And then he gets to verse 13 and he transitions and he talks about how we live and what comes out of our lives. And so James chapter 3 verse 13, it says this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So James says, if you're wise and and you understand God, prove it. Prove it by the way you live. And then he says, prove it by doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Another translation says the meekness that comes from wisdom. I'm going to be honest, meekness means basically nothing to me. I don't think I've ever described a person like, Vance, you're just, you're such a meek guy. I don't know what that means. But here's what it's talking about. It's gentleness or meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness or self-interest. It stems from trust in God's goodness and control over the situation. The gentle person is not occupied with self at all. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, not of the human will. So he says, if you are wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by the way you live your life. Prove it by fully trusting in and relying on God, not yourself. Prove it. And here's the thing, this isn't something that you and me, we just pull up our bootstraps and we say, I got this. It's not of the human will, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. And this happens when we spend time in God's word and we spend time with him and we get to know him better. That's how this gets worked into our lives. Wisdom and understanding of God's ways. And then he goes on, I'll just warn you, this is the gut punch. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. If you are wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by the way you live by fully trusting in and fully relying on him. And then he says, because if you've got jealousy or you've got selfish ambition inside of you, those are not of God. He says that they're earthly, which means they're worldly. They're of this world, not of God. They're unspiritual, and the word here is sensual, and it means subject to your appetites and passions. It means you are not the master, but you are subject to it. It is the master of you. And it's demonic. Have you, like, ever thought of jealousy or selfish ambition that way? Because in our culture, I can tell you how many times I've heard someone be like, oh, I'm so jealous of you right now. Oh, I'm so jealous right now. And we make it no big deal. I'm just a go-getter. I see what I want done and I make it happen. But God says, here's the deal. This kind of wisdom, that's not of me. That's of this world. 
that's something that has mastery over you and it's demonic. And here's the thing, it was like an extra gut punch to me because I had just spent a week in a village in Zambia where we actually got to go and our team got to encounter at least three different people who were demon-possessed or demon-oppressed. We got to see what that looks like in a person's life. And it's not like it doesn't happen here. I had just gotten to see that. And so God says, okay, we're ready now. Let me take you to my word and let me show you something. When you choose jealousy, daughter, you are choosing to partner with the demonic. You are choosing to let it master you. And I've called you so that I can be your master. When you are choosing selfish ambition, you are choosing to let it be your master. You are choosing to partner with the demonic. And I have called you so that I can be your master. And then he goes again, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. Okay. I'm just, pause, again. I read willing to yield to others, and it's like, great, no backbone, awesome. But that's not what that means. It means not stubborn or obstinate, which changes things, right? That feels a little more like something I would want, rather than like, I don't get to have a backbone ever in my whole life. So he says, but the wisdom from above, from God, is first of all pure, it's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and not stubborn or obstinate. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere, and those who are peacemakers will plant the seeds of peace and reap a harvest of peace. So the fruit of our lives proves the origin of our wisdom. Because he said, he said back in, I think it's verse 16, he said that jealousy and selfish ambition, when it's there, you find disorder and evil of every kind. That's not some like cute, no big deal thing, right? That actually matters. And so we get to choose what kind of wisdom we choose. Do we choose God's and allow his mastery in our lives and bear the fruit that comes from it? Or do we choose worldly demonic wisdom and bear the fruit of it in our lives? That's our choice. And there's not some cute little middle ground that's like, well, it's not demonic, it's just not God. That's not real. It's not, there's not some sweet little middle ground. We get to make a choice. So I got to sit there in this little quiet space with God just doing surgery on my heart because in that moment, he exposed the truth and I knew it. He exposed the truth in me and said, daughter, you've been jealous and this is what it means. You've chosen to partner with the demonic and that's not what I've called you to. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, For the word of a God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one 
to whom we are accountable. The word of God is living and powerful. It's not dead words on a page. It is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. This is a tool of precision in the hand of our God. He's called the great physician, and he uses it like a scalpel to come in and reveal, expose our innermost desires and thoughts. We can lie to ourselves, but we cannot lie to him. He will not believe it. He knows the truth. I love this scripture, verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. He's the God who sees and knows it all. And he still chooses you and me. He can't be manipulated. He can't be lied to. He can't be tricked. Being naked and exposed before God is the safest place we can ever be. And it says he uses his word to come in and to address the things in us that are poisoning us. The stuff in us that's diseased by sin. And he says, I love you so much. I see this in you and I want to do a work to bring healing. Because when God exposes things, it's not to shame us. When God exposes things, it is for our good to bring healing. Nothing is hidden from God. He sees it all. And that is the safest place we could possibly be. 1 John 1, 8 and 9, it says, John's just like kind of sweet. He's saying the same thing as James, but he's a little nicer. Just prepare yourself. If we claim we have no sin, doesn't it just sound nicer? If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we say, nah, that's not a problem for me. We're just lying to ourselves. We're just fooling ourselves. We're not fooling God. Naked and exposed. We're the only ones being deceived. But if we will confess our sins, and the word for confess here is to say the same thing as, to agree with, to assent. If we will confess to God, if we will say the same thing as him. God, this is wrong. God, this is nasty, and it is sin, and I want no part of it. God, I've allowed something else to master me other than you. God, I've chosen to partner with the demonic, and I want no more of it. If we will say the same thing as him, he will forgive us. And the word for forgive is to send away. So when we confess and we say the same thing he's saying, he takes our sin and he sends it away. He cleanses us from all wickedness. And that's exactly what he did through Jesus. He sends our sin away onto Jesus. And Jesus, when he died on that cross, he took all of our sins. He bore the full brunt of wrath that our sins deserve, the punishment we deserve, the debt we owe, he paid it so that we could receive freedom and healing and cleansing. And so this is what scripture says. So when we confess to God, we receive his cleansing and it's complete. He finishes the work. 
Now, here is the thing. That day in Zambia, in my quiet little space, I knew what God was convicting me of. He's great at his job. And I confessed it to him. God, I agree with you. I want no part of this. I do not want to partner with the demonic. I want you to be my master and you alone. But this weird thing happened. The heavy and the hard and the hurt, they didn't disappear. They were still there. So is it complete or is it not complete? Because that makes it sound like it's incomplete, right? But it's complete. When God forgives, he cleanses us completely. We are made righteous, right with him again. But here was the thing. I still had a part to play. I still had a job in it. Back to James, our good friend who gut punches us, as good friends do. James chapter five, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Confess your sins to each other. It's the same word, confess, that John used to say the same thing as, so again we need to say the same thing as God is saying, but this time we have to say it to a human. And here's the deal. There's a difference between confessing to God and confessing to a person. When we confess to God, he's the one who forgives and cleanses us. He is the one who wipes away all unrighteousness, all wickedness. He takes our sin and sends it away. We are cleansed. When we confess to another human person, this is to repair relationship. As humans, we can't save each other. There's no absolution from me. Only God gives that. But when I confess to another person, it's because there's been damage to a relationship and that needs to be taken care of. I need to say the same thing as God. What I did to you is wrong. Will you forgive me? God spoke to my heart and he showed me that there were three people I needed to confess to and repent to. It's easy to say, oh, it's no big deal, when it's in the dark, when it has mastery over me, but I'm not willing to admit it. It's hard enough for me to have God convict my heart when I know he sees it all, but I still have to admit it. I have to confess the truth. That hurts. It's a whole different thing to look into the eyes of another person and confess the truth. Because we are totally vulnerable in that moment, right? Anything they say will hit to the uttermost in me. So, God's like, you need to confess and repent to these three people. And immediately, just like terror seized me. I'm like, is there any other way, Lord? I mean, I think... I confessed, I repented, I am cleansed. Let's just be good with that. Right? Like, done. And he was like, not done. 
for your healing, will you do this? For your healing, will you trust me? I got to sit down with each of these three people separately and look them in the eyes and say, I've been jealous of you. I've partnered with the demonic. Will you forgive me? The word of God is so true. (laughs) There is no part of it that is not true. He said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The healing and freedom inside of me by choosing to be obedient to God and face the terror of confessing and exposing the truth 2022 domination happened in December. (laughs) I was so free though, and so grateful for the work God did in me. And can I just PS this? I would love to be like, and now I'm done. Better now, don't have to deal with that anymore. Thanks guys. That's not how life works. You and I actually get to tend to our hearts and our souls. Because here's the thing, these sins, they're insidious. They don't just give up like, oh, she beat me, darn it. (laughs) No, I'm gonna try again in a sneaky way. And so you and I have to choose if we will live lives exposed to God daily. When we confess to trusted and godly people, we receive healing from God. It's just what he says in his word. Confess to him so that you can be forgiven and cleansed. And we get to trust him in the scary parts of confessing to others so that we can be healed. Because this isn't a joke. And this isn't some cutesy sweet thing. This is your soul. And God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to come and pay the price of giving up his life in actual humiliation, in all of the excruciating pain. He was whipped, spit on, beaten, mocked, lied about, Betrayed. He bore it all and he said nothing. He died on the cross an excruciating death, but he did it when he saw everything and he still chose you and me. That's how deep his love for you and for me is. So when he asks us to come to him and to expose the dark places of us, It's not to hurt us, it's not to shame us, it's not to humiliate us. It's because he says, there's some surgery that needs to be done. I've got some work I need to do in you because there's a disease that's eating you alive. And man, I love you too much to let you stay in that. And here's the other thing with God. I love that he knows how to pace it. I'm pretty sure if he showed me everything in me, I'd just be done. 
I couldn't handle it because it was hard enough with one thing. But he's so good that he says, all right, it's time. We've got some surgery to do and I'm gonna be with you. Trust me. When we confess to trusted and godly people, we receive healing from God. Here's the thing. Trusted and godly matters. This is not a call to go blast your confession on social media for the world to see. Typically, that does not bring healing, just so you know. But it is to say, first, we need to step into the light to expose ourselves before God because he already knows. To confess and say the same thing that he's already saying. God, I know this is wrong and I don't want any part of it anymore. And then, in the terror of it all, God, is there anyone I need to confess to and ask for forgiveness of? Because here's the thing too. Sometimes we need to confess and ask for forgiveness because we've damaged a relationship. Sometimes I need to confess and not ask for forgiveness, but I need to confess because there's stuff I've been thinking about. And the longer I think about it and keep it in the darkness of my own mind, the more power it gets and the more it becomes my master. And when I'm willing to expose it to the light and say, no, 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 no. I got a master and it's not you. So let me go to a trusted and godly person and say, hey, I need to tell you something. And I might feel like an idiot doing this right now and terrified of what you're about to say because this is foolishness and I know it, but it's what's real. And they can say, okay, let's pray together. Let's pray together so that you can receive healing. And you know what else? I wanna walk with you. And so they can be accountability. Not to beat us over the head and be like, well, how's it going? Are you a failure? No. They're coming alongside to say, hey, friend, what's going on? How can I pray with you? How can I link arms? Because, man, we have a master, and I need someone to help me walk with him. Because I can get into a mess in my own head. And when it's in my head for a while, it starts coming out of my mouth and out in my actions. And it has mastery of me. I love this scripture, Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Nothing is hidden from him. He sees it all. He knew it in January when we did that fast. He already knew all that was in me. He knew what needed to be brought to the surface and dealt with. And he still knows today what surgeries need to be done in me. And he knows how and when to do them for my healing and so that he will receive all the glory. And that's true for you too. He loves you way too much to let you be eaten alive and mastered by something that's not him. He is our all-consuming fire. Who wants to come in? That was my prayer during worship. Oh God, that you would come in and burn away everything that's not of you. 
exposing me so that I can say the same thing as you and walk as you with you as my only master. So really it does come down to this. Will you and I trust in and rely on God alone? Will we allow his word to powerfully and precisely work in our hearts and in our lives to do the surgeries we need? Will we choose to confess, to say the same thing that God's saying both to God and to godly trusted people so that we can be cleansed, forgiven, and healed? Because God actually has freedom for you. God actually has wholeness for you. God has life and life more abundantly. And we get to choose. So will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much that you are good and that you love us. Thank you that nothing is hidden from before you. You're the God who sees it all and yet you choose us day after day after day. God, have your way in us. Expose those things in us that are poisoning and killing us so that we can receive cleansing and healing, so that we can receive freedom, and Lord, so that we can carry it to the world around us that desperately needs you. If you would just keep your eyes closed and your head bowed for a little longer. Maybe you're here today and you say, Christina, I don't even know God. I've never gotten to experience his forgiveness or his cleansing. I've never gotten to step into the light and been exposed before him. But I want to know him. If that's you today, would you raise your hand so that I could know? I'm not going to call you up front or embarrass you, but I just want to get a chance to pray with you. So if that's you, would you raise your hand so I can know? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We are all gonna pray together. Because the word of God says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's actually that easy. But I don't want you to just repeat after me as if this was a magic prayer <laughs> or like you're a robot. I want you to mean it because you are talking to the God of heaven and earth. So say, dear God, thank you that you made me, that you see all of me, and that you choose me, that you love me. Thank you for sending Jesus. Today, I'm choosing to follow you. I'm choosing to step into the light and to say the same thing as you. I want no part of this life anymore. 
this life of sins that has mastery over me. You alone are my master. You alone are my Lord. You alone are my God. I believe that Jesus is your son and I believe that you raised him from the dead so that I could be forgiven and cleansed and redeemed. Help me to remember that you're always with me and how deeply you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, over in kids, whenever someone raises their hand for salvation and we pray afterwards, we always do a five-second celebration. Um, and it's one of my favorite things because we go wild. Sometimes we do silent celebrations because we can't handle the crazy that day. Um, but the reason we do it is because scripture says when even one person receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior and turns to him, all of heaven throws a party because they're so excited. God himself, yes! Right? He's so excited. They're mine. They're mine. So here's what I want you to do. If you responded today, will you grab your phone and text Summit PA to 94,000? Here's why. This is an amazing day, but it's not the end. This is the beginning of a relationship with God. This is the beginning of a new life. And so make sure you follow the prompts because we wanna walk alongside you to help you get to know God more and follow him more. And then if you'll do this as well, head out to the next steps table right after service. One of our pastors is gonna be there and we just wanna get a chance to connect with you and help you with your next steps. P.S. We have something for you. That's all I can say. Um, but here's what we're gonna do. We have one final song, and the whole reason we do one final song is to give us a chance to just spend some time with God and let Him examine and expose in us what He needs to. To be able to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do with what you spoke today? Because maybe you're sitting here and there's a very real terror inside. Friends, here's the deal. I don't like the terror, but I will choose the terror of the living God and choosing to step into the light to be fully exposed before him over the terror and nightmare of living in the darkness, of staying hidden and being eaten alive. The word of God says that the enemy he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He snarls and growls to get us to stay quiet. Oh, but if they found out, but if they heard, oh, the shame, oh, the humiliation, what would they think? To try and scare us into staying in the dark, because in the dark, he's got the power. In the dark, he's the master. And we get to choose. Are we gonna listen to the snarls and stay in the dark, allowing him to be our master? Or we choose to be courageous and step into the light 
and to receive the cleansing and healing and freedom of the one true mastering God who's already done everything that's needed. And so I'm gonna have the prayer team come up for this final song and I wanna tell you, come and pray with them. They're not like extra special and if you confess to them, it's better. No, no, we're all just people and we all need someone to confess to. But confess to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe you just need to take some time and confess to God. Maybe there's something else he's convicting you of. Maybe you need to come up and agree with someone for healing or something else. Do it. Don't let something keep you in your seat. Trust God and see what he will do because he loves you too much to let you stay bound by anything else. Friends, it is an honor and a privilege to get to do this with you. I love you so much. Let's stand up and we're gonna worship God. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcast.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to Summit Podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode.